This is Eric Corey, and I take no pleasure in making this podcast, because the different story that I wish to share with you this time is about crime and poverty, soul-wrenching problems that have festered for years and are now about to reach pandemic proportions. And it's not because of something that happened 400 years ago or 250 years ago or even 75 years ago. It's because of a rather new phenomenon that resulted from a failed attempt at social engineering. I hate to sound like that guy, some authoritative voice telling you from on high what's really going on around you. It's not that at all. It's just that some of this stuff is so evident, all I'm really doing is pointing out the obvious. And I can't fathom how so many people prefer the twisted logic of fear and victimhood over observable facts. I don't want to make this sound so simple as to give it a catchy tagline. It's a complicated problem to be sure but at its core is a problem that cannot so easily be stated. What I'm talking about is men who abandon their children. Now you can jump up and tell me about all the circumstances that surround this issue, but I'm well aware of the nuances of the charge. I just want to state it in the most simplest of terms. Now I know there are women who abandon their children as well, but those numbers are minuscule compared to men who do the same. And there are outlier situations where children are, for various reasons, left to their own devices to learn about the world around them. And finally, I'm not talking about the fathers who provide financial and emotional support while not living under the same roof as her children. That's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is the overwhelming number of children who are abandoned by a birth father who go through life seemingly unaffected by the disasters that they leave in their wake. Fatherhood is perhaps the most important element of a civil society. Without it, you have unregulated youth running the streets who don't have the vaguest idea of what they're doing or why. And how could they? There's no one to teach them anything. I don't care. Pick one. Respect? Responsibility? Love? I recognize that there are single moms out there who do everything in their power and ten times more to raise a child properly. But without the male influence that is an essential part of basic human growth, there is only so much that a female parent can do. That one element will always be missing in that child's life, and it can't be replaced by the state. So many children are running loose in this country because of the abdication of that time-tested civil authority that has always been the male parent. That male parent has instead left it to the police or the local welfare offices to deal with. And this is truly a most recent phenomenon. I mean, look at any statistic on births to single parents in this country for as far back as you want to go. You will see a graph that features a hockey stick trend that will serve as the irrefutable foundation to my claims. I mean, the numbers are staggering. I don't even want to state them here. You can all look that shit up, but trust me, it's bad. What has resulted is this incredible volume of children roaming the streets, unsupervised and susceptible to the worst of the worst things that can happen to a child. And I curse the people who did that to them. And that guy is a father who, in exchange for an evening of pleasure, releases upon society a lifetime of torture, dysfunction, and almost always poverty for the innocent child that they created. And how could such a crime go unpunished? I mean, what greater ill on society can be unleashed than that by a father who walks away from their children, leaving behind a human being who will now become, at best, the ward of the state, but more likely, a menace to society? And the only punishment to date is that if they do catch up to you, the government will garner your wages and pay back a pittance of the cost to society for the care and feeding of your children. And what are these kids doing? 
Well, they're sitting home with an empty stomach and no hope. Or they're just wandering through life, wondering, why would you do such a thing to them? And some of these kids are slinging dope or breaking shit or shooting people in your old neighborhood. Now, I have a theory about gang members. Yeah, maybe it's been documented somewhere. I don't know. I didn't look it up. It's just something I've always believed to be true. And that is why so many fatherless boys are so loyal to the colors of their gang. It's because gang membership is the first real experience that they've had with male bonding. Their fellow gangbanger, it takes the place of the father as a higher authority figure that every child craves. I mean, it's as fundamental as suckling and equally as important. Now, I don't want to make that last statement sound so simple because it's not. Let's just say if there were more fathers, there would be less gangs. I think that's a fair statement and something for those of you who are fuming at me can look to as an attempt to not make this a personal issue, but rather something that deserves honest attention. It's not the system or structures or centuries-old history that are causing the problems of crime and poverty we see every day in low-income neighborhoods throughout the country. It's so clearly this one simple element that so disproportionately causes the bulk of these problems. And it only takes one stat to say it all. Nationwide, 85% of all people in prison today come from a fatherless home. Now, please, take a moment to just acknowledge the magnitude of that number. You will never see a more direct cause and effect than that one simple fact. And the resulting poverty and crime is a plague on our neighborhoods, and it has, for the most part, a single source. And the excuses of oppression or economic disadvantage does not hide the fact that a man left a child on the doorstep of society and walked away unashamed and unaccountable. I mean, what greater offense to a civil society can one person inflict? And why are we letting these guys off the hook? Well, here's why. And I really don't want to let them off the hook, but they are the product of an unimaginably flawed governmental policy. And this is the main reason why I don't trust government doing anything. Now, there is no more a bitter irony than you can imagine a program called Aid to Families with Dependent Children, a program which literally created the very thing they then needed to provide government funding for. I mean, it's the best example of the worst thing this government has ever done. I don't believe this to be a conspiracy here because I don't believe the perpetrators were smart enough to figure out the adverse effects of what they were doing. These people are idiots. And I don't believe there are any ill intentions, even though a very good case can be made in support of both. The rise in fatherless households was a direct result of the government giving money to women having children out of wedlock. Just as long as there was no male figure in the home. I mean, can you imagine such a, such a program or how idiotic that is? We'll give you free money for each out-of-wedlock child you birth, as long as you kick the father out of the house. So go ahead, tell me I'm wrong. I know the rules have changed somewhat over the years, but you cannot deny the direct correlation of this policy to the sharp rise in the fatherless children it created and the directly resulting crime and poverty that has then since ensued. Again, I don't think it was done with malice or for a more sinister reason. It's just that government never gets it right. I mean, expecting people to reject the promise of free money in exchange for birthing a fatherless child, I mean, what could go wrong with that? See, those who at first wrote and then passed such legislation created welfare where welfare didn't previously exist. Now, they are either completely ignorant to the realities of life or purposely figured that giving free money to people would secure their vote in perpetuity. Unfortunately, it's both. 
And to prove that point, just look at what's being done to reverse the trend. Nothing. We just keep on throwing more money and more freebies at the problem, all to the detriment of the family unit. And the evidence of the fallout from that breakdown can be seen everywhere poverty exists in this country. Boarded up homes, broken windows, crime-ridden streets, innocent children gunned down in their front yard by gang members trying to assert their manhood. All because there's no one around to teach them better, no one to be answerable to, and no one to help them get out. Now, throughout the history of mankind, up until this insanely regressive policy was enacted, that job has fallen to the father. That government can be so blinded to the negative effects of this policy only further supports my charge that ignorance is no longer acceptable. Or, as others might state it, silence is violence. How can we go one more day with this absurdity and not change this policy immediately? I mean, we're not even talking about it. We're too busy talking about phone calls or hard drives or face masks, trying to tell everyone how horrible people in this country were 500 years ago, or questioning the success of capitalism by promoting communist doctrine. No, we'll just go on fighting over stupid stuff and allow these children to grow in number and desperation. And this is what every different story is about, that we are all so inseparably wedded to our political positions that we can't drop them for a second when a clear and demonstrably destructive problem needs fixing, and it needs fixing now. We can't go on ignoring the big problems while fighting over the far inferior problems and act like we're smart people, because we're not. And with all the thinking technology that we ourselves invented, we choose instead to revert to our caveman instincts and fight over insignificant, by comparison, issues to avoid having to effectively address a problem, uh, this problem, or any problem. So what do we do with these guys? We can't arrest them all and put another 50 million people in prison for nonviolent crimes. We'll just be putting more fatherless adults in jail. And I like to believe I got all the answers, but for this one, man, I don't. And expecting a divided government to come within 100 miles of even addressing the problem, it's expecting way too much. And it's too late for so many of the people who were abandoned as a child. I mean, what's to be gained for them? Well, this all leads me to the larger question, and one that I've been asking for 30-plus years. Where does all that money go? You see, the government has been doling out hundreds of billions of dollars each and every year for half a century to solve the problem of poverty, only to see poverty steadily rise. I mean, this is absolute insanity. Well, I had that question answered for me many years ago when I went to the graduation ceremony for a very good friend who was becoming a registered nurse. It was held at a large state college, and the auditorium was full. The area of the graduating class covered the size of a hockey rink, and I was high in the stands watching from the back. Now, at some point during the ceremony, the MC asked each graduating class to stand when their degree was read. Engineering class, five or six people stood up. Computer sciences, 10, 15 people stood up. Registered nurses, another 10 or 12, including my friend. Well, it went on like that for a few minutes until the announcer called out, social workers. And suddenly, the arena floor erupts with 80% of the graduating students standing up and cheering. And that was my epiphonic moment. So that's where all the money goes. I just figured it out. It all goes to pay for an ever-increasing government payroll of people getting top dollar, free health care, and golden parachute retirement plans. And all they have to do is keep growing the welfare rolls so that the system can absorb the devastating effects of a bloated payroll 
while simultaneously doling out trillions of dollars of free money. I mean, my next podcast should be greed and stupidity. How the pull for money and power is greater than a desire to genuinely help people. I'm sure in social work or college, they teach people to provide real care and compassion. And why not? It's perhaps the most admirable vocation, that of helping people. It's just too bad these universities that teach of compassion and care can't come up with a better social program that studies cause and effect and craft a plan to address both. I mean, I thought you guys in these ivory towers were smart. Well, you're not. And neither are the people who make these laws. It's all just a bunch of faking compassion while collecting your government paycheck and protecting your own. All of these podcasts always seem to descend to the lowest common denominator, the quest for power and money, and how those who exist in that world will use whatever pawns may come their way to convince people to support their positions, all without acknowledging the awfully harmful fallout of their selfishness and greed. This call goes out to anyone who can forget about arguing over the small stuff and agree on addressing the big, obvious stuff. And this is just one example. We know it's wrong, we know how to change it, and yet we do nothing. Another year, another batch of fatherless children, and another increase in crime and poverty. I mean, this affects us all. Well, not all of us. Those who can insulate themselves in their neighborhoods with wealth and prestige, their high fences and armed guards, and those who hide behind the secure walls of government. Now, the term insurrection has been loosely thrown around in the wake of the rioting on Capitol Hill in January of 2021. Maybe it was an insurrection. I don't know. I wasn't there. Or maybe it was just people frustrated by a government that is not responsive to the needs of the people that they made an oath to serve. Maybe it was a result of people having been pushed too far that desperation is the only available recourse. I'm not going to take a side on, on that whole politically branded issue. I would just like the people who are now looking to punish the perpetrators of this event to instead look to themselves and ask why. Why are people so upset with their government that they would take such a haphazard and completely ineffective attempt to disrupt it all? Well, that's never going to happen because it's just too good political fodder to fire at your enemies, especially those that can be seen as enemies of the state. God save the state. How dare you question any of our motives and our authority? We are the United States government. We know better than you. And just look at how well we deal with problems. Or maybe not. Because we all know what we'll see. Mismanagement on a scale so enormous that we've all given up even trying. This is Eric Corey, and thank you once again for listening.